you for these two elements that we've been able to take in today, to eat, to remember you. Thank you for the way that you put in these patterns of remembrance for us. Thank you for the ways that you help us remember you, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And thank you that we get to do it together. In your precious name, amen. Good morning, Door of Hope. Welcome back to the year. It was only a week since last year, I know. (laughs) But a lot has happened since then. And um, it's great to welcome you uh, into the room this morning and online. Um, There's a lot of you participating this morning. It's great to see you in the chat. Just thought I'd mention that after the service, we will have a Welcome to Door of Hope gathering in the little lounge just to your left as you walk out. If you want to say hi to me this morning as one of the ministers at Door of Hope, if you want to connect and maybe get to know Door of Hope a little bit better, we do this every week after our 10 a.m. service. Please come and say hi. Maybe you've got some questions that you'd like to ask. We'd love to answer them for you. So today we are starting off our Pause My Life series, which goes for a whole month. So you are all on pause for a month. Is that good? For some of you, like, that is awesome. For others, you're like, I have things to do. You can't pause me for a whole month. We'll get there. I'm in the second group, by the way. So I'm leading the charge of pausing uh, this January. It's a New Year's series. It's very intentional. We did it on purpose to start the year by slowing down, starting the year by pausing and reflecting And I love that song that we just sang, Jesus is the Center, because uh, in this month of January, we are pausing in the book of Colossians. And as you've already heard Chelsea read this morning from Colossians, Jesus is the Center. And we've known that for a while at Door of Hope. Actually, we've always known that. Our mission statement is to be Jesus-centered others focus together in community. And really this series this month is just an extension of that. We're reading this book of Colossians. It's written by Paul when he was in jail. And it's written to a group of believers in a church that he hadn't personally visited, but he'd heard lots about. They weren't all Jews that had converted, who had come to know Jesus. Actually, they were people that didn't know and weren't part of this Jewish tradition. Colossians is a book of encouragement. That's what I've got from it as I've been reading it in the last month or so. It's a book of encouragement not to get tangled up in all the religious extra things that come along with a faith in Jesus, but to keep Jesus at the centre And why is this so important? Well, we heard Chelsea read it before from Colossians chapter 1. Verse 17 says, He himself, that's Jesus, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. That's us, by the way. He's the head. He's the beginning, the firstborn of the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. And we're using those two things interchangeably, if you pick that up. He's first and the head, he's also the center. He's Jesus, he can be both, okay? Colossians is also a book about 
transformation. Transformation about moving and growing and maturing in our faith with Jesus, about keeping this perspective about who he is and living from that truth. As you read Colossians, you will pick up this uh, growth, maturing, transformational language. It's through the whole book. It's like Paul's sort of peddling. That's the sort of vibe I get. He's like moving this group of people in Colossae forward. All the while being centered on Jesus and knowing that Jesus does the transforming. He's actually doing all of the work, right? In chapter 1, as we've heard read, this is beautiful song or poem about how Jesus is the head. In chapter 2, we get encouraged to center our lives and to build and grow in Jesus. And one of the, a couple of the verses in chapter 2 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus as Lord, that's the first step, continue, there's a growth word, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up, there's some more action words, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. That's transformation language. And then the walk continues as we move into baptism. And in chapter 2, verse 12, it says, when you are buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith, another transformation. And you do that in the power of of God who raised him from the dead, the same power that raised him from the dead, now empowers us to live this transformational life with Jesus. Then into chapter three, we uh, hear Paul talking about centering and renewing our minds in Christ. Uh, verse two says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, as for you have died, which is what baptism shows us, and now your life is hidden in Christ. So not only is he the center and the head, but we get to be hidden in him. Chapter three continues with wisdom for families and households and business owners, wisdom about prayer. Chapter four, we get to talk about our speaking, our words, about how we treat other people, how we welcome others into our community, people that need welcoming and generosity and a certain amount of grace. Maybe that's hard for us to give. All the while, keeping Jesus at the center. So this book of Colossians really sets the stage for starting a new year as being a disciple of Jesus. And if you're a disciple of Jesus, we'd love to suggest over the next four weeks a pattern or a rhythm that you might like to start. You can do it while cleaning your teeth or even eating toast. So, Jess, you're good to go. A series of questions that prompts us to do what Colossians does, actually what all of Scripture does, <laughs> to bring our thinking and our plans to Jesus and to be in a process of transformation. Okay, are we ready? Okay, for those that are desperate to have a new thing to do, this is for you. For those of you who don't want to do anything new, you can listen. Maybe something will soak in. That's okay. The first one is to revisit. It's going to be on the screen. Looking back, what does my journey look like over the past year? 
What truths do I believe? Where am I planted? What is the firm foundation of my faith? It's good to think about these things sometimes. What answers to prayer have I had? What promises has God given me? That's the looking back bit to revisit. And then we get to reflect. Where am I right now on my journey? What's been significant? Is Jesus at the center? Do I experience his love and grace and joy? Regularly, Do I feel closer to him today than I did last year or this time last year? That's this reflection process. And then to plan, how can I put Jesus more at the center or in a center in a different area in my life? What do I want to do differently? Who will cheer me on? What will happen if I don't do any of this? Will it actually matter? Revisit, reflect, plan. Okay, sidebar. I'm just going to divert for a bit. Does this remind you maybe of a cute little poster you saw in someone's office recently? Or an Instagram post? Maybe in Officeworks on New Year's Eve or New Year's stationery? Remake yourself in three minutes a day. Just do these three simple things. Has Christy even read the book of Colossians? I want to take us back to Slow Down Peter. It's a series we did last year about the disciple, Peter. Do you remember I talked about this and I got on a chair and I got up and down off the chair over and over again? Because Peter's life went through some pretty significant ups and downs, didn't it? He was fishing and Jesus said, come, follow me. And he's like, oh, this is, this is interesting. And then he saw miracles, and he became one of Jesus' close three followers. And he was, like, doing pretty well. And he was up here. He was on a bit of a high. Things were doing great. And then he cut off someone's ear that was in there. He got angry, and he started questioning and saying, who's going to be the first in heaven? And things started going downhill from there. And then Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. And he said, I will not. And then he did. And then he did again. And then he did a third time. And he ended up in this place on the floor. And he had some time to revisit. Jesus was crucified and buried. And he had to reflect on what had gone on, what on earth had happened. And then Jesus came and he had a conversation with Peter and he said, Peter, who am I? Do you remember who I am? Do you remember what I've said? Do you remember that I was buried and now I've risen again? And then Jesus gave him the plan. And Jesus said, you are the rock and I will build my church on you. This is your identity. This is your new name. And on Peter went and he became a new person. He had time to sit and reflect. And then he accepted Jesus's plan and accepted those words that he gave. Slow down, Peter. It's a good It's a good series if you want to go back and watch it and take that in there on our website. But you know, Paul, 
goes through this similar rhythm in the book of Colossians. He's hearing these stories of people coming to visit him in jail about this church in Colossae. And he's reflecting on this church and who they are, and he's praying for them and giving thanks for them. And he sends them his reflections. He's like, I've heard this about you. Here's some of the things I've experienced and I've gone through and God has taught me. And then he sets out a plan for them. Colossians 4, 2 to 6 is a very significant four verses of a pretty good plan for the church in Colossae. This rhythm is not just three words that you find on a wall hanging, but it's a rhythm that believers in Jesus have been going through for centuries. And it's been called many different things. And at Door of Hope in 2024, we've called it Pause My Life and we've called it Revisit, Reflect and Plan. What if we looked at those little three words, not from that sounds a bit cliche and should be on a greeting card, but actually from the fact that it's built on the foundation of Scripture? Here's some examples. Um, We love sending memes to each other, don't we, in 2024? That's just a fun thing to do. So on the screen, I've got some memes. The first one should be there. It's pink. It's pretty. You could put that on a wall. It says, remember, you can't pour from an empty cup. True, isn't it? It reminds me of Psalm 23 when we're walking in the valley of the shadow and God says, you prepare a table before me, or David says, in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. You see, this is true, but what also is true is that Jesus said, I will fill your cup. I will overflow in you. The second one that's up there, also pretty in pink, says resting is part of the process, even if it's not part of the plan. I relate to this one. I'm not a big fan of the resting. This is true, isn't it? What's also true is the Ten Commandments, and in Exodus 20 it says, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. See, God put in this resting idea at the very beginning, and we take this truth, and we use it, which is good. But remember that the Word of God creates the foundation of our truth, and that's why we're reading through Colossians. Here's another one. May you always be the one who finds joy in the little things. That's a good one. That goes on a card nicely. Philippians 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice Let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. We get to rejoice in the little things because we know where God is. He's near to us. So if you're tempted sometimes to think, oh, that's a bit cliche, remember where these truths come from. They come from his word. And for centuries, they've been food and nourishment and the foundation for those that walk with Jesus. Okay, I'm not saying that all Instagram memes come from scripture. Let's not take that analogy too far, shall we? That would be bad. But let's seek wisdom from God's word. Let's be in it every day. Okay, end of sidebar, end of sidebar. As Jess has already shared with us already this morning, 
God establishes patterns for us, doesn't he? Sleep is a pattern that brings us goodness, rest, and renewal. God established patterns of Sabbath, of communion, spending time in prayer each day, listening to the gentle voice of the Holy Spirit. I fail at maintaining patterns almost every day. I'm not great with patterns. I put off sleeping a lot because there's so much to do. There's always a good to-do list. There's often a cricket game that goes late into the night. There are so many good books. And I put it off to my detriment, to my detriment. Because, you know, I think I know better than what God does. He put in this rhythm of sleep because he knows we need it. And I go, actually, I probably don't need it tonight. He knows better. I'm inherently poor at pausing and reflecting. Very bad at it. I get overtaken by the desire to do more and quickly and now. But I also have learnt the richness of revisiting. I've had to learn to journal. Sandy Hart said I should and I did. I don't ever fill them up because I get sick of the journal. I want a new one. But I have learnt the difference between doing and being, and the being is better. I've learned the difference between planning from my own experience and knowledge and research to listening to the gentle voice of the Holy Spirit and to listen to what he's saying I should do. The pattern of revisiting and reflecting and planning has served me well, and I'm still learning and I'm still failing, and I'm getting better at it as I walk with Jesus. I've been reading a little book over this last week called The Liturgy of the Ordinary. Ordinary has been uh, a word for me in the last month or two. And uh, the author says this, if I am to spend my whole life being transformed by the good news of Jesus, I must learn how grand sweeping truths, doctrines, theology, ecclesiology, Christology, rub against the texture of an everyday. How I spend this ordinary day is how I spend my Christian life. Days without Jesus don't add up to a life with Jesus, everyone. Ordinary days where I choose to engage with Jesus in my everyday add up to a life with Jesus. And he brings the transformation and the growth. Practically, I've had to learn how Christy does this, and Claire will have to learn how she does this, and Maria will have to learn how she does this, and Katie's learning how she does this as well. I get distracted inside. I'm not sure if anyone else is like this. I have to go outside. That's something I've learned. And I don't mean to a mountain or to a beach at sunset. Not necessary. I literally go outside my front door and I sit down. Because outside there are less things for me to think about doing. Uh, There's less dishes. There's usually less children trying to change that being outside. There's less to do. And so I've found if I remove myself even just three steps and close the door, I do better at revisiting and reflecting and planning with the Lord. 
What do you know about yourself? Do you know what helps you? Are there three steps that you can take to somewhere or is a time better? Morning or night, definitely morning for me. Who, who does these things at night? You are a strange, strange group of people. Strange, I don't understand you at all, but I still love you. Online, are you morning or night? Type it in the chat. But you know yourself and ask the Lord to say, what, what three steps can I take? Where can I get to where actually that process of pausing becomes life-giving instead of just something you do or maybe something that's a bit annoying? Is there a question from our list that we had on the screen this morning that has caught your attention? Maybe it's, do I still experience the love of God every day? Maybe it's, what is significant for me right now? God, what are you highlighting? What are you bringing my attention to? We have a Facebook page for Door of Hope community, and these questions will be on there today, so you can go back and have a look at them. Maybe you'd like to uh, join that group if you haven't already. So reading Colossians, how long do you think it takes? Anyone want to make a guess? On average, four? Thirteen, on average. If you're a really speed reader, it might take four minutes. But 13, according to a very reliable source of how long does it take people to read Colossians that I typed into Google. (laughs) It gave all of the books, by the way. Uh, Isaiah, three hours and 57 minutes is the average. There you go. Phil Beeston can run three kilometers in 13 minutes. I asked him yesterday. Chris Peart, who's online. Hi, Chris can make a couple of his awesome knitting machine animals. Have you seen the frogs? They're so cool. He can make a couple of those in 13 minutes. Peter Harbach can pack at least three to four cool things packages and send them to his customers in 13 minutes. Chantel Fair can ice 24 cupcakes. (laughs) Jess can play almost a quarter of hockey in 13 minutes, almost, with the new COVID rules. I just learnt, 20 minutes down to 15. So she can almost play 15 minutes. I can put a lemon and yogurt drizzle cake in the oven. It takes another hour to cook, but I can, I can get it in there. What can you do in 13 minutes? Anyone want to give me an answer online? What can you do in 13 minutes? <laughs> Wayne's falling asleep. You can do quite a lot. You can also read the book of Colossians, Door of Hope. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> Let's do that together over the next month. It doesn't take long, even once a week. And I know you will be encouraged. Let's revisit. What truths has Jesus told you in the last year? What answers to prayer, what scriptures has he brought to your attention? Maybe you want to revisit what God spoke to you in our 40 days of prayer last year. Maybe that's a great opportunity. Let's reflect, where am I today? What does God's love feel, taste, smell, sound like today? Let's plan. How do I put Jesus at the center? Who's going to cheer me on? I have a couple of people that cheer me on. I just text them. Sometimes when I need some prayer or when I'm excited about something or want to celebrate something or just found a really cool meme I want to send to them. 
and they cheer me on. Find people. You might only have one. Maybe it's your mum. They're really good at this. Find someone who's going to cheer you on. Read Colossians. This is what Paul says at the end to the church. This is what I want to say to you, church. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your heart, sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Over the next four weeks, we're going to continue, and the rest of our speakers will bring their reflections on the book of Colossians. They've been reading it too. We'd love for you to join us. You can share your journey on our Facebook community page. You might like to journal. You might like to do a voice recording on your phone so you can listen back. Maybe you just want to share with another person. Maybe it's a new coffee date. Maybe you want to join with someone and share what God's been saying in this month of January. Final thought before our team leads us in hymns and spiritual songs that we get to sing to God. My sense is that God is calling some of us to obedience in this month of January, to say yes to him. Maybe it's something super simple. Maybe it's something big. But being obedient requires yielding, maybe giving up something. And we're about to sing a song called I Surrender All. Maybe it'll take some surrendering. This is part of our discipleship journey. He calls us to give things up and to surrender to Him. And the blessing that He brings is His goodness and His presence in our lives. So as we sing this song, I Surrender All, if the Holy Spirit is prompting you and you know that there is something that you need to be obedient to or to surrender or to yield, just share that with the Lord. Just share that with him as you sing. And we'll have um, our ministers and some of our prayers up the front. You might like to come and share it with them to be accountable. We'd love to cheer you on in that. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, Lord Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence with us this morning. And as you... Work, Holy Spirit, in our lives, in our hearts, whether we've known you for a long time or maybe don't feel like we know you at all today. Holy Spirit, would you bring your activity to work in us? Would you be prompting us in areas we need to be obedient or give up to you? You hold these things so well, God. You hold the things we give up so that we don't have to, and so that that gap can be filled with more of you, more of your goodness, more of your presence in our lives. Lord, as we sing today, would you encourage us, spirits, we pray. Would you encourage us as a congregation that we may be one in you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Sam.